Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Shifties, the world's only service industry podcast. That is factual, like all that we say on this show. We are your hosts. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Wallace. And I'm Andrew. (laughs) So, we're going to start off this podcast with a new segment that has a working title. The feature of this segment is Yelp Reviews. I'm thinking we might call it Yelp Me Obi-Wan Kenobi. Another one we've got is You're Not Yelping. Probably a little more practical. Yeah. But what we're going to do in this segment is read terrible Yelp reviews about our respective restaurants because they are hilarious. Without naming any specific names, let's get into it. Who wants to start? Uh, I've got a pretty good one. It's long, so I'm going to give us an abbreviated version, but... uh... This girl had apparently a terrible time at my restaurant. She starts off by saying that if your idea of fun is to be on the receiving end of repeatedly getting wedgies, then my restaurant may be the hangout spot for you. <laughs> and that's a pretty pretty succinct way to say she does not like her experience. Um, she then goes on to talk a little bit about how it was really full, and uh, she mentions that they half sat and half stood around a center table. That's a power move in a restaurant, just to block as many angles as you can and to not let people walk around and do their job. So clearly, she doesn't have any idea what's going on and what needs to happen in restaurants. All right, so here's some very important things she learned from her time spent here. First of all, just because you're talking louder than everyone else doesn't make your conversation hold any more value or substance. It was difficult to talk to the people across the table from me due to the noise level in this place. Guys, what do you think about that? I mean, that's on you, honestly. You, as a bartender, should be going around shushing loud parties. Definitely. I've never been in a loud bar before. I think they're usually really quiet, and they never play music or anything to propitiate a level of loudness, so she's totally in the right there. Yeah, Plus, it's like in your name, right? It's like Wallace's Restaurant. It's quiet here. Exactly. Yeah, that's our, uh, that's our slogan. It's very library-esque. We walk around, a lot of, a lot of shh, shh, shh going on. If you didn't know, Wallace's restaurant's called The Library, actually. The Library, yes. Uh, it's the public library. I have uh, my librarian garb. I wear my, uh, my glasses. I sometimes snooch them down on my nose and stare at people from across the bar. So, yeah, she doesn't like the noise level of the bar that she's in on the weekend. She then goes on to say... It is completely acceptable to be stoned or drunk out of your mind prior to arriving here in order to withstand the amount of squares and psychopathic-looking weirdos. Don't go full retard and hang out here sober like I did. I regret it. Now, apart from her questionable use of the word retard, um, she calls people squares and psychopathic-looking weirdos, which to me kind of sounds like two ends of a spectrum. I don't think that you could... Like, there's no middle ground for this girl. There's squares and psychopaths. Uh, you got you got to be dressing pretty trendy, it seems, to, to get this girl's approval. I'm getting a very judgy vibe, though. Was there anything else judgy, perhaps, that she said in this review? Oh, yeah. She goes on to say, To the less attractive girl and the large group of girls on my right, it's all about perspective. Being around your more attractive friends is making you look much less attractive especially with that stink eye and face adorned with clown makeup. What? Ouch. Okay, well. I mean, obviously, whoever 
was at the door keeping all the ugly people out, wasn't doing their job. That's, I mean, that's some important restaurant employee positions right there. You got to have the person who's like, nah, nah, nah. Your more attractive friends are making you look really bad. You can't come in here. That's on That's on the library right there. Right, right. Our doorman didn't do his job. And then that kind of falls again to my lap for saying again, hey, you, Ugo, out. Your friends can stay, but you, you and your clown makeup, back to uh, the, the it screening. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird that you let clowns in your bar in full cloud gear, but whatever. I mean, they're patrons too, right? Exactly, exactly. You get a dollar, you can get a drink. So, yeah, wow. Did you think uh, Yelp brings out the worst in people sometimes? Oh, I sure do. I think having uh, a mask, if you will, to just hide yourself behind on the internet brings out the worst in everybody. No question. That's so crazy. Like, they called, they said someone was retarded, and they said that someone was too ugly to be hanging out with their friends in a review of a restaurant. Like, what? Yeah. She doesn't even talk about any aspect of the restaurant. She Other just, than that, it was too loud. Yeah, just that, that it was too loud. Yep. Her conversation was important, too. Exactly. Her sober conversation in a, a packed bar on a Saturday night. But yeah, that's, uh, I actually learned nothing about my restaurant from this, except for that we get loud on the weekends. So yeah, thank you. I'm not going to say her name, but thank you, lady. Oh, I'm, I'm Man, for you, for you to read that review, that took not one but two scrolls of reading tiny text. That is a, that's, wow. She left a book. She left a book of, of I don't want to say information, but definitely of words. Well, I just want to know what, what, is, what a good restaurant is in this person's mind. Like, have they ever been to one? I'm guessing somewhere quiet, maybe in a, an area with a high concentration of models. Mm. <laughs> like, every time she goes into a restaurant, it's just like, it's too loud again! This place is too loud! And look at that ugly person! What is wrong with this? Guys, we gotta get out of here. Find Restaurant El Dorado. This clearly isn't it. Yeah. Restaurant El Dorado. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. One Coolylicious of TripAdvisor can't get the gross out of their mouth. That's right. That's how we open this TripAdvisor review. I don't know. Yelp me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We can't really work in TripAdvisor to that, but Yelp me, Trippy-Wan Kenobi advisor. I don't know. I've never started raiding a place before I finished eating, but this is awful. I ordered the mushroom pot pie. Should I say that? Should I not say that? I ordered the mushroom pot pie expecting savory deliciousness. I got a bunch of burnt but potentially locally sourced mushrooms in a heavy cream sauce. To add insult to injury is the rest of that. <laughs> he did not write the whole colloquialism, but that is to add insult. They put a weird crust biscuit on the side. I'm not eating a seared cream soup. Interesting. Don't call Alfredo sauce soup a pot pie. It's not ironic or cute. By the way, whoever is sitting on the floor behind the bar crying slash taking shots is not a good <laughs> look for your brand. Yikes. That's a lot. I think that your tone in reading that was probably exactly what the tone of the person was if they were saying it out loud. Yeah, I actually was Spot there for that on. while they were saying it out loud. I was just kind of doing a... You transcribe it for Yeah, them. I was just like acting it out in real life. Nice. I like the little touch of the bartender crying on the floor because you know what? I've been there before. 
just when you got to like either go into a deep squat or yeah, sometimes the full power move of the sit down, <laughs> you can do it. Uh-huh. There's like this little nook where I can kind of squeeze myself into where no one can see me. I've, I've hit that spot quite a few times. You need to. You just need to take a break from craziness. Yeah. Let's take a little bomb shelter. <laughs> Indeed. I just don't understand, like, it says what things are on the menu. Like, really, this just sounds like something didn't come out what he thought it was going to be, and then apparently it was so disgusting that he decided to start writing a review before he was even finished, because that's how insulted his insults were. You know, I've actually heard of somebody writing a review prior to them leaving the restaurant. This one was actually about <laughs> me specifically, yes. and apologies for breaking the trend, this is a good one, but uh, Joey is the bomb.com in all caps, best server in the universe, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, I'm so, I best didn't know we switched to the Joey ever. jerks off segment. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is just like the narcissistic Joey review. Now I'm going to go to the funnier one. You didn't even go like, oh, how did I start reading this review? This wasn't the one I was going to read. This, you're uh, just owning it. Yeah, no, I'm owning it. But now for a little bit funnier review. I'm going to read this verbatim because there are some interesting English and uh, spelling choices here. Oh, classic. This review is for the shitty, spelled dollar sign H one T T Y B dash A dash R in all caps service one word all caps. If if that if that makes sense, shitty bar service. Each word of that phrase spelled and transcribed differently. Mm -hmm. Came in, sat down at the bar and was handed a menu. That's pretty standard. Five minutes goes by and nothing happened. No glass of water or was asked what is like to drink. <laughs> now when they say nothing happened did the earth stand still for those five minutes was like nothing going on like flies are stuck in midair water droplets like from the bar like the shaker just like suspended that's what i'm picturing in my mind time is still going except the bartender like everything <laughs> is moving but the bartender is like frozen mid shake but he's making solid eye contact with the customer just to let him know I'm intentionally not putting a glass of water in front of you. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because, and so Wallace's restaurant is called the library. Mine is apparently called the Twilight Zone. <laughs> the people who came in after me were able to order in less than 10 mins. One word, 10 mins. The douchey-broey bartenders were pretty immersed in their conversations with each other that they failed to notice the Asian guy trying to flag one of them down after 15 mins, one word, goes by. Bartenders seem to pay more attention to other, all caps, non-Asians than this guy. Entitled white people. I suppose this is what I get when traveling to a new city on my own. Thanks, Seattle, period. And now, the coup de gras. Never coming back ever. Each word with a period after it. Not only are these words in all caps, but there is a space between each letter. N oh, space no. E space V space E space R dot coming back ever spelled the exact same way. This dude is like an E Cummings of the modern era. I mean, just fucking poetry on Yelp. Wow. God, what a review. I never knew Yelp was such an emerging literary scene. That's... Seriously, man. They have D-Lead 18, dude. <laughs> 
don't even know what that is. If you, you yelp enough, you get a little badge next to your name that says you're part of the elite from 2018. Now that there reminds me of South Park. Also, thanks, fourth guest. This is Spencer, also a multi-year veteran of the service industry. Well, yeah, you, you could be an elite yelper, which honestly shouldn't exist because it does just bad things for people who have emotionally biased experiences. You know, in the in the legal system of the U.S. and actually across the world, they have things called crimes of passion, which is where you're tried differently based on what you do if you're in an emotionally compromised state. So God only knows what people will yelp if they're in an emotionally compromised state. Ah. Yo, what's our next segment? Our next segment, I believe, was the word of the week. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So guys, the word of the week, we're going to explain our moniker, our name, why we call ourselves Shifties. That is the word of the week, Shifties. What does it mean, guys? Well, a Shifty is technically an after-shift drink, but more often a during-shift drink that an employee of a restaurant takes either to unwind or because they're an alcoholic, one or both. You, Why not both? <laughs> definitely a lot of column A and B intersection there for shifties. And so it became the name of our podcast because... We are alcoholics. We, <laughs> we all work in bars. We've all taken a shifty or four. And uh, it's, it's just like a necessary evil a lot of the time in the restaurant industry because sometimes you just went through five straight hours where you didn't really have time to, to think... In your own mind, you only had to think externally with interacting with others and with tasks you had to do. And it's like a way to decompress rapidly when you don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I guess that's what rapidly means, when you don't have a lot of time to decompress. Indeed. A lot of people look at servers and bartenders and think, damn, I could do that. And you're right, you probably could. But they don't factor in the emotional toll that it takes on you to interact with 100 people in a four-hour window. And to learn about these people, like see pictures of their dogs sometimes and their kids and all the, the mumbo and jumbo that goes on with being in the service industry. That you really don't care about. Yeah, but you got to pretend that you care about. Or maybe you do care a little bit about. I mean, I, I, I'll, I enjoy conversing with people, but if that conversation is interesting, that's far different than somebody imposing, hey, here's this topic that I want you to care about. Please care about it for me, and I'm really not going to pick up any cues that you may be, one, uninterested, or two, too busy to, to hear me talk about my dog for the time being. And I think beyond that, if, every, if all of those 100 guests were happy and pleasant, that's not as much of an emotional toll as the people who do cause an unnecessarily disproportionate strain on your time or have frustrations that... Uh, like, you know, if you ask a question to somebody and you just say, well, you should Google it because that would, that, that would be a quicker answer for both of us here. That's kind of how it is in restaurants. Like, oh, what beers do you want on, tra- on draft? Well, my friend, you have a beer list in front of you. If you just peeked your eyes down like six inches, you would see the answer to all of your questions. Dude, also, right in front of you. stop asking me for directions to other restaurants. <laughs> stop doing it. Stop. Oh my goodness. It makes me so mad. I don't know. I don't live in my restaurant and just cruise around knowing where everything is. I can't even tell you how many times I've been like, do you want me to look it up for you? And they're like, yes, please. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll get my phone out. 
in front of you a person who has a phone and i will use google a thing that's on your phone to look up how to get to a restaurant that's not my restaurant Woo! don't do it guys don't do it yeah i think we touched on this a little bit last week but people when they walk through restaurant doors tend to turn their brains off they expect service means that they no longer have to do anything so just because you walk through the door doesn't mean that we're gonna wipe your ass for you and uh you know shake the tip the piss off the end of your dick no you still have to like be a somewhat functioning human being in a restaurant and that applies to Kolka's point of yes you do have a computer in your hand that has more information than anything else in the world and I, I will grant as sort of a positive counter to this sometimes the human element of answering a question is why you ask we all know we could google something but maybe I enjoy talking to you or maybe um what's a good spot around here? Like, you can't, like, Googling what's a good spot around here will get you an answer, but you'd rather have it inside a recommendation. Oh, yeah. And if you totally cool with that. If you've stayed at the bar and, like, eaten and we've talked and we have a rapport and you want to go, hey, what else is good around here? Obviously, I'm going to ask you, like, answer you and give and tell you the cool spots. And I would even tell you the cool spots no matter what. But, like, if you're coming in, like, oh, what's a good seafood spot around here? I don't know. I work here, man. I'm not... It's not a directory. It's just a restaurant. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe that, for one, you totally know the good seafood spots around here. You've lived in this city your whole life. That's some bullshit, Gold Cut. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just go to Pike Place. Just wander around. We live in a tourist city, man. That's Tourists true. are dumb. They're unintelligent. I've been a dumb tourist in other cities before. I can't That's fault them that much. But I guess with that said, there are plenty of questions that... Really, a human response is almost a waste of time. Uh, of not just the server's time, but your time as well. Um, because you, you can educate, like, again, I work at a brewery, we have 33 beers on tap. For me to tell you what we have on tap, the answer is everything. And <laughs> if you like a recommendation, a more specific question is totally fine. But if you haven't even looked at the menu in front of you and you ask me a question that is answered by the menu, that's where I get a little... A little peeved, if you will. I think that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, so what we're saying essentially, it's a fine line. But I think in all things, play it cool. Strike up a rapport. The question of what do you like or where, what's your favorite spot to go after work, that's a great question because I can answer that easily. I answer that in my sleep. Yeah. But name me the top five seafood restaurants in Seattle. I couldn't get you more than two, maybe. Maybe. And if I'm trying to make 15 drinks while you're asking me this question, I, I'm just going to say, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be my answer. So one thing that uh, relates to the word shifty is that we kind of wanted to bring up is the idea of actually being not an alcoholic in a restaurant. Um, because it's, it's an interesting thing to be surrounded by premium quality liquors, beers, wines, whatever, and to not indulge frequently, particularly if you're working every night. There's certainly a culture of, I don't want to call it substance abuse, but just general inebriation that goes on in the restaurant industry. At its very worst, you have people who we refer to as lifers, who have realized that the habits that they've created over their lives can be sustained by the restaurant industry, in that you can kind of be a jerk-off and abuse substances all the time and not have to work full-time in order to pay your bills. And the restaurant industry certainly enables that lifestyle. But beyond that, 
it's just kind of a thing, you know? Oh, the night's winding down, it was a busy night, everybody gather around, we're having a safety meeting, maybe for that's another term for another time, everyone take a shot. Something like that. And so one thing Wallace and I have been trying to do is just detach ourselves from that. We're going through a little bit of a cleanse. We've, we went biblical status and decided to make this a 40-day cleanse of not a sip of alcohol, total sobriety, and it's difficult when you're surrounded by it so much and everyone around you is partaking with such indulgence to not do that. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic we've noticed because ultimately we can be stressed. We don't need to take a drink to unwind. It's not something like we're going to die. We, there's other ways to unwind, you know, just mental stability, strength and all that. But um, I don't know. Wallace, what, is your, what are your thoughts so far in our cleanse? What have you... Have you had any uh, insights? Um, there's been no like major groundbreaking kind of things. So I'll kind of just go through the first week because we're we've just passed the week mark, and uh, we've cut out everything except for uh, vaping. So we both have been vaping a lot and nice. coffee, and yeah. that means caffeine that caffeine and nicotine. <laughs> yeah, caffeine and nicotine. So uh, we've been uh, I've been pooping a lot, um, but. <laughs> Yeah. All right, <laughs> but but seriously though, um, there's a mental clarity that comes to not drinking and to not having kind of your night fixated around when you get off and looking forward to that that end of night drink or that during the shift drink if that's what you uh, what you want and what you need maybe. Um, and I've noticed that I've been a lot more alert. I've been sleeping better. It's been tough. I'm not gonna lie and say that it's been a cakewalk. Um, I had some pretty pretty strong cravings around the three and four day mark. Um, Definitely. That was the hardest time for sure. Yeah, that was when it really hit me and I was pretty angsty and kind of short with coworkers and even customers. Um, but having passed that and now like setting our sights on the 10 day mark, it's been, it's been good. It's been really good. Agreed. I think uh, like one example I had, uh, I was working a lunch shift at the fine dining restaurant that I work at and I work two jobs and... <laughs> Bless you, Tolkien. <laughs> Normally, in the mornings, especially if I haven't slept well the night before or whatever, you know, you get your caffeine in the morning, kind of helps carry you through, but busy shift, didn't need a, a sip of caffeine to be able to handle it with ease. My communication was on point. I didn't really have to struggle for words at all, and I definitely just feel higher energy levels because, let's be real, alcohol is literal poison. It is, it is a natural poison, and you're constantly poisoning your body to get that that unwinding effect and yeah just having it not at all in your system makes a noticeable difference on energy levels sleep levels all of that it's been really interesting yeah um one other anecdotal thing is uh i usually work saturday brunches at my restaurant and it's always been just a hangover day every single saturday brunch i've worked i've been hungover i roll out of bed i take a shame shower and (laughs) go to work (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> but I worked my first non-hungover brunch, and it was night and day. Um, I had a lot of energy. I interacted with guests. I could look around and see my, my coworkers were suffering a little bit, and I didn't want to put myself higher than them, but I kind of felt you know, a little bit better, a little more energy, and I made the most money I've made on brunch ever. So, yeah, it, it really uh, changed my perspective on drinking a shitload on Friday nights and then trying to scrape myself together on Saturday morning so I could go work an eight o'clock shift, eight in the morning shift. So yeah, it's uh, it's been great so far. Indeed. So early brunches are killer. Yeah, dude. 
so that that is another reason why we won't be doing a wine review this week because we oh shoot you guys ruined our best segment i know yeah now we can't do that for like 20 days well we could do a wine smelling I'll tell you we what, could, we could say I'll just drink an entire terrible. bottle of wine and you guys can listen to me talk about it. <laughs> that, that's very true. We could do a coffee one. We could do okay. we sh- we could coffee, do coffee next time. Yeah, we'll do coffee next if time. If you're a coffee nut, you're gonna want. You're not going to want to miss this. Tune in next week. Shitty coffee review. Shitty coffee review. <laughs> Folgers on the way. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The best part of waking up is Folgers. Wait, do you guys say, you guys say Folgers? What is it? I've always said Folgers, but I'm I'm probably saying not the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Any uh, anyone hiring for commercial voiceover work? Uh, my my agent is. Shifties is brought to you by Folgers Coffee, which we just shit on <laughs> a lot. <laughs> All right, I forgot what our next segment is, guys. Uh, Let's kill some a, time. We had a rant and we had oh, a, a question. Cool. All right. So I think although I like already kind of, already kind of sidetrack ranted about people coming in asking asking for directions to other stuff. I mean this this whole podcast is basically a therapeutic experience us for us to to vent those things. So. You can ask me questions. Just don't. Just, if if all you want directions to somewhere else, man, you have a phone. And that, will, that will honestly give you simpler and better directions. It's true. Than you remembering four steps that I tell you. All right, so Do you want to let, go let's get to the scheduled rant. Cold cut. Hit us, man. Okay. I feel like I'm I'm overexposing my rant my rantitude right now, but um, all right. I was doing brunch, and it was a Saturday, so of course it was busy, and I made uh, two of our Bloody Marys, and I put them in the window, and someone took them. And then I made two more Bloody Marys, and I put them in the window, and someone came up and said, I already ran these, which is not what you want to hear. So I looked at them, and I said, no, you did not. You ran someone else's drinks, and this is your ticket right here. And they were like, oh, what do I do? And I looked at them right in the eye, and I said, figure it out (laughs) so they take the drinks and they leave about five minutes later the person whose original drinks they were shows up and goes oh are those my bloody marys i happen to have been making two new bloody marys for a different ticket different kind of bloody mary and i said no someone took those and they took the other ones i made too and they were supposed to figure it out and they're like well they did it so i had to like make a bunch of new things and like throw it together, threw them up there, it goes out. The guy who took them comes back. And I was like, dude, what did you do with the two Bloody Marys that I told you to find whose they were? He goes, oh, I just gave them to a customer. (laughs) And I just like didn't, I couldn't even say words in that moment. I was so livid. I just looked at him and I was like, and just went back to making drinks. There like literally was nothing I could even say. He gave them away. I looked him in the face. I looked him right in the eyes. I said, figure it out. And he took them away. And his solution was to hand them away for free. So he probably got a fat tip for doing a terrible job. Rant's over. That was great, man. I just think that the point that that proves is that 
ambiguity in the service industry will almost always bite you in the ass. Oh, definitely. Almost always. People people aren't very critical thinkers oftentimes. I've been guilty of that. I've done way dumber things than that before. And honestly, it can be a genuine mistake. <laughs> Not always, but uh, yeah, perfect. Great rant, man. I like how I liked how the one thing you picked up was like that I gave him an ambiguous instruction that was like Oh, I'm not saying it was your fault, but Oh no, I know. Rather that it's more like Machiavelli once said it, you could try and deal with the world as you want it to be, but you have to deal with the world as it is. And the world as it is in the restaurant industry is that people don't often think very critically or for themselves. They'll just get this idea <laughs> Without thinking how it may affect other people. They just go path of least resistance, which is, oh, I ordered these two drinks. These must be mine. Oh, my gosh. Read read the tickets. That's why you have tickets. That's why I put the ticket up there. That's why you stab the ticket. Yeah, that's frustrating. And that's that's someone that's out there to make their life, their their day better. The, the guy that gave him the way. Because like you mentioned, he probably got a tip for, you know, giving somebody some free drinks. He's not thinking, what's going to make the restaurant as a whole flow better? He's thinking, what's going to put eight more dollars in my pocket? Which, you know, it's it's dog-eat-dog, but it's also, it's restaurant's a lot of teamwork. So you really it's dog-eat-dog, but if you want me to make your drinks in a timely manner ever, you better not be eating my dog. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> That's true. Hey, let's touch on that a little bit. I want to talk about bartenders not making servers drinks on time due to maybe the fact that that server is a little bit of a let's say shit heel yeah shit heel i was gonna say like shitty wheel on the wagon mm. but yeah yeah that that works too um have you guys experienced that have you ever encountered bartenders not making your drinks quickly because of they're angry at you or anything like that oh yeah in fact really I've encountered bartenders not necessarily angry at me but who are just angry people and who would give guff for simple, simple things like, hey, would you mind doing me this favor? Simply the word favor implies that you're asking them to do something beyond what they would usually do. But because either they're a friend or they are, you know, just people or people can be good and do favors for others and help out when, when they're, you know, it's disproportionate labor, labor uh, distribution would help you out because it's not going to kill them. Well, I've had bartenders who, if you do ask them that, uh, it's like it's like a personal affront. It's like, wh- how could you ever ask me to get this soda refill for you when that's your job? <laughs> and that, to me, is so... I do understand the logic behind it, but I could not disagree with it more because it restaurant industry is very self-serving but ideally you should work as a team and i believe that if you have a good heart you should be willing to do something for somebody else at, with no benefit to your own if i if i have to not neglect my tables but if i can't give the full service that i can because another server is falling apart and their whole section is toast you know i do believe it's my duty to help them in the real world if you help somebody out you're being a good person. And if you don't do that, I think you're not being a good person. Yeah. And if you give me shit for asking you to do something that is within your power to do and costs you nothing, and you choose not to do it, fuck you, man. That's that's my experience with that. But generally speaking, the bartenders who I've had do that to me have issues 
you know, in their, in their lives, and I'm the recipient of their anger with regard to those issues. The only time I would ever back of the line someone's ticket is if I know they're not coming to run it. Mm. <laughs> Which happens very rarely, honestly, like very usually i'll just bang the tickets out in the order that they come in sometimes i'll build more than one at once obviously or sometimes if like there's an orange juice glass i'll throw that up to get it out as quick as i can but like the only reason i would backline you is if i have a bunch of tickets and i'm like this dude is not coming around anytime soon then i'm gonna let you wait so basically your expectation is that the server is not handling his or her workload efficiently enough yeah. to, to I, that's necessitate kind of the, you, you handling your workload. That's kind that of way. like the worst crime in my book is if you're, you know, everybody gets in a place where they're busy and they can't run their own stuff, you know, everybody helps each other out. But if you are always the one who's not running your stuff, like that to me is like the only time I'll ever be like, oh, it's this person's ticket, you know. I think that's kind of it. But, I, I mean, yeah, if, in regards to the favor thing, if someone comes up and is like, hey, I forgot to ring this in, I need you to make it right now, I'm going to make it right now. Like, you know, if you come up and are asking me and not making more problems, like, obviously I'm going to help you out, you know? Yeah, because I feel like there's a pretense there again, hey, I need a favor. That's ownership that this person made a mistake, they realize that you can help them fix that, but that's why they're asking. Yeah. And, and that... That's a different story to me. I always try to take ownership if I... I mean, because I do that too. That's why I will make your drink if you forgot to ring it in or I'll do you a favor because I've been in that place where I forgot to do this or that and I've had to go to the kitchen and be like, I'm sorry, I did this thing. Please help me fix it. Uh, and it always, always goes over better if you're saying, this is my fault, my responsibility, I need you to help me as opposed to just telling people what to do. Because usually the person you're telling what to do knows more about their job than you do. Like, if a server comes to me and acts like they know better than me, I'm like, okay, man, come back here and do my job. Like, but if you're coming up and taking responsibility, I'm obviously going to respond positively to that. And that's how I usually try to ask for help, too. I'll say from, from my side, from behind the bar, um, there's certain drinks that I will, that I just hate making that I will, uh, that I'll, you know, push down the line. But that's about it. I don't think that I've ever, out of spite, not made somebody a drink just because I think they're a shitty server or they said something mean to me earlier. Because, like, that's pretty petty. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'm not trying to do it to be shitty. Like, sometimes you just have to economize where your drinks are going. Yeah. And, like, one of, you, the, one of the resources that you have to consider is who's going to... Who do I know is coming to run their drinks next? Right. So only when it's super busy will that factor in. And I'll be like, yeah, I know I have more time to make these drinks because they're not going to be here for a while. And I know this first, like, I know these drinks are going to need to go out, especially with coffee. If it's going to get cold, mm. try to figure out what the optimum timing on that stuff is. Right. Definitely. Fair All enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, the best way to put it is that you're a human too. And when you make mistakes... You want to you wanna have grace from other people, too. And if you're not willing to give that back, then how could you possibly expect it? Indeed. All right. I think for our next segment, we have a question from the listeners. Uh, Andrew, I believe you had something that you wanted to bring up for us. 
All right. First question. When is it okay to give a bad tip? Mm. I'm not trying to short somebody or screw anyone over or be a bad customer, but specifically I've had servers say rude things to me or say mean things to me. Happens very rarely, but it has happened. And it doesn't feel like I should be tipping them 20% at that point. What do you guys do in this situation? When have you given a bad tip? And when do you think it's warranted? And that is from... You from... Ah, right. Well, if I might weigh in on this. Uh, some people in the industry have a standard of, I'm always going to tip something no matter what. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, if I receive bad service because someone is busy or there's extraordinary circumstance, I might give a lesser tip. But I won't stiff somebody. I won't stiff somebody unless they were they were personally mean or insulting to me, uh, because then I believe like I do believe tips should be earned in all circumstances, and it doesn't take a lot to earn a good tip, but it can certainly be unearned. One example I have, and this is like the only time in my memory I've actually stiff sifted a buddy intentionally, and I wrote zero point zero zero with a lot of zeros <laughs> in my column, was I was uh, getting lunch at this bar, showed a guy my ID. And he asked me what my zip code was. And I, <laughs> I was like, really? Okay, whatever. And he, he was an asshole about it. And I, I, I kind of tease, you know, like it's kind of strange. I don't get, usually get asked like specifics on my ID, you know, because um, it is valid. And so he made some unnecessarily dickish comments regarding that I made a joke about it. And then proceeded to treat myself and my girlfriend with a lot of hostility. And when he finally brought me my beer, it was like one-third filled with foam. Very noticeably intentionally that I was getting a crappy beer because he was angry at me. Um, that is the only instance which I've stiffed somebody. And I also wrote, learn how to pour a beer, dude, on the ticket as well. <laughs> That's hardcore, man. Um, but but, he, but that, it was very clearly intentional. Like yeah. that, and that, like, so fuck that guy, you know? Why would I ever give that guy extra money when, he, when he treated me so poorly? Um, you, sh you shouldn't be a bartender if you're going to act like that. Absolutely. Like you I, should have more integrity in the product that you're putting out. That's That reflects on you. Right. Uh, exactly. And, and you should feel, you should derive value from your job beyond just the customers you have. You should derive value from your job that I'm a, I'm a good worker with a good work ethic and that's what brings me satisfaction. Yeah. And so I'm going to do a good job regardless of what asshole sitting across from me. Um, beyond that, yeah, I, th I think that you should always tip, like, if you're, like, old school, 15 to 18, whatever, it's not a huge deal. I think most American standard is 20. I think that's what I, I tip at the very least in almost all situations is 20. Um, just because I work in the industry, I know how it is. So... Outside of extenuating circumstances, I don't tip people. If it was really bad service, and I think the person could have done a better job, I'll drop it down to 10, but that that's only if I can look around and see that they, they could have done a better job and chose not to because of laziness or whatever. Yeah, if they're not coming by every five seconds because they're super busy, you know, in my book, that's when you need a good tip is when you're getting slammed For and sure. then you're like, oh, no, I'm... I'm not doing a good job ah and then like if you get a good tip it can say it just it saves your whole day definitely i think for my standards i i do the automatic 20 percent 
uh, and that's for mid-level to good service. If it's bad, I'll drop to 15%. And again, bad being under the same constraints that you guys have mentioned of it's not busy, or maybe I felt like they were they were rude for whatever reason. Um, but still, 15% is is not a bad tip. You look at 15% and say, oh, okay, that was that was all right. Um, but when someone goes above and beyond, I'm talking like I'm getting free drinks, or if you just had a really good conversation, then yeah, you can jump up to 25, 30%. Um, they gave you a great recommendation. You really enjoyed right. it. Like they actually took the time to find something that would make your experience better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tipping the shit out of you if right. you do that. Yeah. I asked them what the best seafood restaurant is in Seattle, and they give me <laughs> detailed. They draw a map for me. Um, That's why I never get good tips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely kind of an unspoken rule in the industry. You go out, you have a good time, you tip 20%. Um, but yeah, the, there have been times where I've tipped very little. Mostly it's been in nightclubs because... I just feel like the service level you get in nightclubs is not that great, and they do so much volume anyways that I don't feel too bad with tipping them a dollar. Um, but yeah, if you go out for a full service thing, yeah, 20%, almost guaranteed. Actually, that brings up another interesting point. I do also believe if you're at a bar, the dollar per drink, or at least dollar per beer rule, like if it's a $7 beer, I'm not gonna, like, I don't feel bad about tipping a buck because it's time to, like, I might tip more, again, it's contingent, but. If I had minimal interaction and all the dude did was pour me a beer, I think I'll, I'll tip a buck because I don't think that, that it, it took the dude 10 seconds and I wasted no, no more of his time or her time. And that's, I, I believe most bartenders are cool with that. You know, that's kind of like the, the industry standard as well. That's kind of like the exception to the 20% thing. But if food's involved, it's more full scale, for, then that's a different story. I would say there's a difference between ordering a beer and tipping a dollar and ordering a very specific drink and tipping a dollar. Sure. Like, I've had people, the one that always, like, that gets me and it's happened a couple times is people will order, like, a couple margaritas. And we are very much not a margarita restaurant. Like, it takes me time to get them out like get the ingredients out and make it and it's like it's very involved as opposed to all of our other ones and like you got to get the salt out many steps um and like one time i had someone order two of those and their bill was like getting up towards 30 bucks and they tipped me like less than two dollars and i was like okay man like come on dude you watched me make it like you watched all the effort i put into this yeah, yeah, I think I think the what I kind of expect is cocktails, two dollar tip, food items. We're talking like bar snacky stuff, two dollars per food item, and then beers. Sure, a buck is fine, but I think I think that's that's pretty much how I uh, looking at my tips on my receipts. I'm like, yeah, that's great, eight dollars because they got two cocktails, two food items. Perfect, perfect tip. Totally. Yeah. Did we have any more questions from the listeners? I think Did you, you want to do one more question? Did you we have one? Yeah. Sure. Um, this one's short, but how many numbers do you guys get? Oh. Which I think is interesting because I have gotten zero, and I don't know. Do, what, what's the, what am I doing wrong, guys? Well, I think, first of all, you're working in a restaurant that caters towards older folks. That's true. So if you're getting numbers, you're getting them from the Cougars, which... You know, could be good, could be bad. Um, 
Cougars don't play games like that. They sure don't. No, they Cougars, see what they want. Cougars is just like, yeah, you want to come home after? They pounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name. Um, ah, uh, dude, yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten a fair share of numbers in my time. Um, when I started my most recent job, I got two in the first week, and uh, <laughs> my coworkers were kind of like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Um, but since then, I've gotten zero, zero numbers. Oh, so I think man. it was just uh, a fluke in the first week there. One girl, she's an interesting story because she came out with her friends, got a glass of wine, and then left me a number. Um, I showed it to my coworkers. Everyone was like, ooh, get it. And I was like, no, I'm in a relationship, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to three days later, she comes in again, sits at the bar top, and is interacting fairly hard making eye contact i realize it's the same girl i'm like oh god oh no so i pawn her off onto my coworker tony i'm like tony this girl's your problem now <laughs> and last i saw they've been hanging out so you know what matchmaker wallace yeah uh any numbers joey i get a good amount of numbers i uh <laughs> i put a lot of them on my wall in my room um because again narcissism but there's actually been a couple instances and what i'm proud to say is that most of the numbers i get are pretty like like yeah i would i, I would definitely text that number uh it, it, just circum- a quality di- number different, you know different circumstances yeah man lots of eights and nines good, good area code you're like wow <laughs> but this has actually happened on two instances the girl who gave me a number was part of a larger group of people who I actually really, really enjoyed spending time with and I wanted to return to the bar. I got a lot of positive Yelp reviews maybe from this group or whatever, or they were just fun people and I, I actually would enjoy having them as patrons. And I didn't want me not texting the number to prevent them from coming back. And so I texted and said, hey, blah, 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 you know, super nice. Uh, just so you know, I am in a relationship, but you guys are really cool, and I would not want to prevent you from coming back just because I never texted you or whatever. And in both instances, those girls and their friends came back, and so I'm super happy to say that that worked. Can I talk real quick about the most awkward number I've ever received? Oh, yeah. Please. So I was working at the Old Spaghetti Factory. I'm going to drop that name because it's no longer there anymore. And uh, three people came in. It was an older gentleman... Um, a younger girl and a really young girl and the older gentleman um, was very talkative very engaging he let me know that the girl that was with him was his niece and that she had just moved to America from Venezuela I believe and he was he was loving me she barely spoke any English was very uncomfortable clearly visually I could see it in her face that her uncle was trying to set her up with me and at the end of it he left he wrote her number and her name, and like no. a little a brief introduction about her on the receipt, and then was like, "Please text her. She has no friends." No! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" So I texted this poor girl, um, mostly out of pity, and because I knew that she was so so shamed by her uh, her relatives' actions, and we had a brief conversation, uh, which gradually petered off due to the fact that we couldn't really hold conversation because she didn't speak any English and I'm pretty sure she was typing my responses into Google Translate and then responding in the same fashion. 
So that's the most awkward number I've ever received because nobody wants to like have someone else leave their number for them. That's just uh, <laughs> it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. Poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Matchmaker. Uncle Matchmaker. And it's, it's your uncle, too. That's kind of a weird person to be setting you up with someone. Different cultures, you know? Maybe that's... Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> kind of weird. Indeed. Indeed. Cold Cut, if you want more numbers, I suggest getting your bench up to 250. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> just uh, curling for four hours straight. See, that's what I do. I just have dumbbells behind the bar. I'll be shaking a drink with one hand and curling with the other. Which, honestly, I think that could be where I'm going wrong. That might be a turnoff to my clientele. They're like, oh my gosh, you're very sweaty and lifting weights. You should do it over the Bloody Marys just for some extra salt. Yeah, get that savory. Mm, the umami. Uh, okay, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what umami means. I don't think anyone does. I think they just say it. <laughs> okay, that's a, actually a huge relief to me. I felt like I was, like, I had somehow infiltrated my job far enough. But, like, if people found out that I didn't know what umami was, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you can go back to cleaning bathrooms and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know what umami is. So, <laughs> umami is, like, an Asian word, basically. <laughs> to white people, umami is, is just an Asian word. Um, I mean, it, it literally is an Asian word, but... Like the from the language Asian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was a fair call out. Um, it's Japanese, I believe. Think of like halfway in between soy sauce and then you know how like pickled seaweed tastes or yeah. just seaweed in general. Mm. You kind of have that salty tangy combination, and it just. It fills your whole mouth, and a little tiny piece of food can have this explosion of, like, uniquely salty flavor. That's umami. Um, it, it, yeah, think, think like, seasoning. You know, that that's the best way I can describe umami. I might not even be describing it correctly, but that's the best way I can, I can describe it. It's, all right. I, I think that I also have read a little bit up about umami, and it's one of the uh, the flavors that we get in our taste bud palette. Um, but it, since it is not a Western culture thing, or it's becoming more of a Western culture thing slowly, we haven't really fleshed out entirely what it means. But yeah, I think Joey's right. Salty, fishy, It's like maybe. the taste version of ultraviolet. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm getting. Uh, yeah, because we can't see it. Or it's like a dog whistle. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's like umami... One of those classic... Beyond the palette. It's like, is the dress blue or gold? Is mm. it umami or not umami? Yeah. Is it laurel or is it umami? Yeah. That, yeah. That's where I knew it from. Definitely. Um. All right, guys. I think we uh, should segue into our last, our final segment here. Do we have Just a final segment? Just the tip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Shit. the tip. Did we play in a tip? No. Let's take a quick break right here and figure out what we're going to do for our tips. <sighs> Um, I guess apparently tell people where the best seafood restaurant is. That's <laughs> apparently I'm wrong on that front. I actually have, I have I have one. Okay. What is it? It's called Tip Talk. It's a way to phrase things that make you seem like you're doing more favors for people than you actually are. Mm. It's kind of like a political trick. Ooh. Um. So the tip we have this week for just a tip is called Tip Talk, 
And I have to credit good old P.F. Changs for teaching me this one. And it's basically you throwing bones, not literally, but figuratively throwing bones to tables to let them know that you're taking care of them with an exception that is not provided to most customers in most restaurants. So the P.F. Changs example, P.F. Changs is really known for their lettuce wraps, right? Sometimes when you get the lettuce wraps, you get a crappy head of lettuce, doesn't have like a bunch of leaves on it, and you run out of lettuce before you run out of the stuff to put it in, that sucks. So a tip talk example would be, hey guys, if you run out of lettuce, just let me know, I'll be happy to grab you some more. You say that as soon as you drop the thing down, it's like, in the, you would do that anyway if they asked you for it, but because you're telling them about that, you're telling them that you'll go the extra mile for them without them asking, tip talk right there. This table trusts you. Um, I would say another example of that is is letting people know what's not good on your menu. Like if somebody orders something that you think is like like don't like, I, they I, specifically I, tell us not to do that. Oh man, I but I I, I maybe at that restaurant, yeah, I, I just don't agree with that. Like we have this alcoholic ginger beer on our beer list, dude. It's awful. Like it's really really bad. And every, like, it sounds good though. Like ooh, kind of like spiked ginger beer. That sounds kind of cool. So people order that, and I just go, Hold, just, just so you know, are you a fan of spiked ginger beer? Like, are you familiar with the concept, blah, blah, blah? Usually they say no, and I say, look, for context, whenever we kick a keg of something, we run out. We replace it with something entirely new, so we constantly have new guest taps. And this thing's been on tap with us for, like, four months. That should tell you how bad it is. Um, and Maybe I, if I you tell didn't people tell that, people that, then you would be able to get rid of the cake. But every single time, I was like, do you want to try it out just to see? And almost every single time they go, I'm really glad that you told me not to get that because it's disgusting. Because it is. It's so gross. And I genuinely don't want to let people order things that suck. Dude, Timber That's City, get it together. To is it Timber City? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze things in ways that preempt the questions you might get. If, if somebody asks you for a side of sauce or for extra something, don't bring one extra. Bring two extra. There's no way they're running out if you're bringing two extra sauces. Like, douse them in sauce, man. Just bring so much that they can never ask again the rest of their lives. That's that's kind of my motto. Just preempt any issue like that. that you Dude, can have. honestly, though, that's the difference between... That was one of the first times that I learned what good service was. was at Red Robin. And since apparently Red Robin is the sponsor of my entire life, because I keep bringing them up. But, dude, the difference between a server who brings you your campfire sauce right away and keeps it coming and gets you enough, as opposed to somebody who just never shows up, you ask him for some sauce and they just disappear. That was my first time just being like, oh, man, where's that guy who brought me my ranch right away? I, I, I got to have my ranch and my campfire, man. I got to have it. Indeed. I like to, if someone asks for our garlic aioli, I like to bring them the pesto aioli too. Oh, just because man. I want that. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's go to f <laughs> What? <laughs> the library. The library. <laughs> uh, no, it's because, like, like, dude, I know you're going to like this sauce, but this sauce is going to rock your world as well. So, yeah, it's like a, a little thing you can easily do. It doesn't cost anything, but also people think you're going that little extra mile for them. Also, just learn the good seafood spots that are nearby so that way when people ask it's really easy to just answer you know the ultimate tip i could have learned that instead of been annoyed for the last year indeed and gotten those 30 percent tips that's true 
Although, but they're not even tipping you. They're not even trying to get food. They're just walking in to ask for a recommendation. You know what's funny? I literally have drawn maps for people on multiple occasions. <laughs> really? It's like, if, I, if I'm not so and I really like, yeah, dude, I don't care. Dude, I'll tell people where to go to get the good spots, but, like, if it's, like, a really specific thing, like, I don't really know many Italian places around where I work, but, like, if you're like, oh, what's a good, what's just a cool spot? Where do you go and hang out? Oh, I, I do love that question. It's a good one. All right, guys. Is that, is that it? Is that Because the answer up? is Red Robin. It's always Red Robin. <laughs> My name's Andrew. My um, name's Red Robin. I mean, Joey. <laughs> uh, Red Wallace signing off. It's been a pleasure to serve you. Come on, we can say it with a little more authenticity. It's been a pleasure to serve you. It's been my deepest pleasure to serve you. Deepest, darkest. Are we all saying it every time? I guess I already said it. Yeah, sure. Sign off. Okay, bye.